0: Do you sometimes feel that your partner oversteps your boundaries in your relationship? Today, we're talking about boundaries, what they are, and how you can set boundaries that are healthy for you and your relationship. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com, and you can also take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your conflict style in relationships, and press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about the topic of boundaries in relationships and boundaries in general.
1: Yeah, so boundaries, when you are, particularly when you're training to become a therapist, you hear about boundaries a lot. We endlessly talk about boundaries, don't we? And what do we mean by that? Um, so it's this idea that we all have a, a kind of personal space, so to speak, that we need to protect Um We have our personal intimate space, so to speak. And you know that, for example, if you are uh, sitting uh, on a train or on a very crowded uh, underground in London, for example, when people come too close, you notice that there is a sense of discomfort. And that's because somebody is sort of stepping into your space and slightly violating your boundary, your physical boundary, so to speak. So we've got physical boundaries. What other boundaries do we have?
0: Yeah, I mean, in fact, another way of uh, thinking about that as well is, you know, in a house, we have we have boundaries in our house, like the garden and the fence. So those are things where the boundaries are really clear. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's defined on paper and legal documents. Mm-hmm. So this is our territory, this is our space, and mm-hmm. the other space outside that is somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And some of those are slightly more difficult to define, like you talked about in even the physical space. If we're in public transport or we're in a shop and somebody gets a little bit too close and we start to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's interesting actually where that discomfort can start so sometimes on courses or workshops we've done exercises where you've had people stand on opposite sides of a room mm-hmm. and very slowly walk together and they stop when there's a sense of a little bit of discomfort and it can often be a surprisingly big distance but it does change culturally some different cultures can get much closer mm-hmm. and some don't so again The challenge with boundaries as well as is how we define them, Mm -hmm. because we have our own personal sense of these boundaries, which may be different from other people's. And like you said, physical boundaries is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have boundaries in terms of, for example, um, our our values Mm -hmm. in terms of what we feel is right, what we feel is don't write.
1: Like kind of ethical boundaries, so to speak, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Knowing where to draw the line. So boundaries around, yeah, our ethics, the rules that guide our life, the values that guide our life, what really matters, where we think somebody has crossed a line in terms of their behaviour, for example, where we think this is acceptable behaviour or it might tip, you know, where's the line in terms of where it tips over into unacceptable behaviour. Yes, so it's also about values, um, we have emotional boundaries as well, don't we? Sort of uh, some sense of, um, it ties into the ethical boundaries maybe, uh, a sense of where we, our feelings or our emotions might kind of tip over into a sense of discomfort if somebody does something or wants something from us or says something to us that we don't like, for example. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. So um, we also have boundaries in terms of, ways of speaking so in terms of the words that are used or the way someone speaks mm-hmm. so we've all experienced those things where we feel that someone's saying something to us where we feel maybe they're taking advantage of us for example or asking us to do too much and there's that overstepping of what we feel is our personal boundary
1: mm-hmm. yeah or just generally also i think we have boundaries in terms of um, yeah demands that are being made on us yeah where we sort of where we draw the line and say this is okay somebody can ask that of me but then this is not okay anymore where there's too much of a demand that's being placed on me it's kind of weighing it up knowing where how far you are willing to go in terms of supporting someone else being there for someone else in in a relationship you know how how much can you offer your partner or where does your partner then step over into too much uh, too much into your Um, into your space, making too many demands on you, emotional demands on you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is really important in in any sort of relationship that we are aware of what our boundaries are. And some of us don't really set boundaries, and that's a problem too. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't set boundaries, we'll often feel... Upset, we feel used. We might feel manipulated. We feel things as an unfairness, mm. and sometimes that's because we're not even aware of our boundaries. Yeah, I was just so. about
1: to say a lot of the time. Yes, it's not really. Uh, we don't really sit down and think about it a lot of the time. You know, lots of people wouldn't necessarily know where the line is. They have a sense, a felt sense of it. Yeah, in a almost like a visceral sense of this is not okay. Um, but often it doesn't get formulated as such or is not really very clear.
0: No, exactly. And then the opposite is true as well, where sometimes we may have uh, two uh, boundaries that are too rigid. Yeah. So boundaries that essentially um, we may put up and we, we stick to these boundaries and there's no crossing them. Mm. And we blame other people if they cross them, even though they may not be aware of them. Like we talked about, um, you know, that physical space, mm. people have a different sense of, how close is it okay to stand next to somebody when they're talking to you Mm. Um, and so we have a different sense of that and we presume other people should know what our boundaries are Mm. and if they cross them that can be challenging Mm. and we could talk about um, different types of boundaries so we could categorize them um, in terms of rigid boundaries, Mm -hmm. porous boundaries and healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. so Three different ways we could look at uh, categorising them. So with a rigid boundary, that's where you know, it's, it's, a, it's a boundary that there's no violation from. It's, it's really clear and often quite hard boundaries where these are often put up as a defence mechanism. So, mm-hmm.
1: no, and yeah. I was just thinking, sorry, as you were saying that, I, what, what immediately came to my mind here is somebody who might also have a tendency to be slightly um, obsessive-compulsive. There is a There is a general rigidity about how things need to be done. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah like I'm, I, I met somebody once who, um, well, I may have been working with somebody a long time ago who was going dating and they went on a date and the other person was five minutes late and they just, that for them, that was a complete boundary cross. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, this person is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. There's no point even staying because this person clearly doesn't respect me. Where you know there may be many reasons a person is late.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the interpretation that yeah. you draw from it, yeah. But as you say, yes, that sort of that kind of rigid way of thinking about it. This is the rule, yeah. This is the one rule, and it must not be crossed under any circumstances.
0: Exactly, and these rules may be set up for various reasons, like we said. So maybe sometimes protection. Mm-hmm. It can be a way to actually avoid intimacy in close relationships.
1: I was just thinking that as you were saying that, that it might also tie in with somebody who tends to be a little bit more on the avoidant dismissive spectrum when it comes to their attachment. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, by having these boundaries, it's it become when they're so rigid, it's difficult for anybody to be able to respect them. Mm. Plus the fact is, like I said, until we say what the boundaries are, we we'll talk more about this later, um, you know, if the other person has no idea if they're gonna cross them or not. Mm-hmm. They could cross them without knowing because they're they're almost like minefields that where they're hidden under the ground mm-hmm. and until you walk over them, you know, you don't know they're there. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you walk over them and it's too late. Mm-hmm. You've crossed it if they're that rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, like you said, it, it it's often a can be an avoidant attachment style where we have these mm. because essentially it's a way that we can legitimately keep people away from being close. Mm.
1: Keep them at arm's length, right? Yeah. yeah. So the boundary is sort of, yeah, the boundaries are sort of, there's a wide, a wide sense of minefield around somebody who is very rigid in their boundaries, right? Yeah. So um, anyone who comes too close has got to step, as you say, step through the minefield first, yeah? Yeah. To get there.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, and these, people may be quite protective about their own lives or their own information, any information about themselves. So, um, you know, I frequently uh, talk to people who, you know, suddenly when somebody's asking them even questions that to most people don't seem that personal, like what do you do for a living? Mm. You know, this feels like somebody's trying to cross their boundaries, like they're trying to find something that is Mm. too personal to them. And for them, it's like, why are they asking me this? This is... Somebody prying into my life, whereas mm-hmm. to other people, it wouldn't seem at all personal information, mm-hmm. but when there's that level of rigid boundaries and in terms of keeping people out, mm-hmm. you know that that that's sometimes one manifestation
1: yeah so it's a, so it's a very as you say, it's a very protective function isn't it It's making sure that um, that nobody comes too close because at heart there's somebody here who's quite vulnerable, I imagine, yeah. And therefore needs to have a rigid boundaries to to protect themselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, if we keep people far away from us or we keep them at a distance, then we're not so likely to get rejected or we're not going to get rejected if we don't let anybody in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's like, you know, when somebody barricades their house mm. and never goes out and it's sort of you know, they keep their house completely barricaded, but they also isolate themselves. Mm. So you know it's like we build a moat around the house we put that we create a fortress mm. and it keeps us feeling safe but very lonely
1: mm, absolutely, yeah, so what about the um what about the opposite of that so we've just talked about uh, a person with very rigid boundaries. What about somebody who's very um sort of permissible so to speak, um, who has got very soft or hardly any boundaries what that What does that look like
0: yeah, so what we talked about with porous boundaries mm. so somebody with porous boundaries is well they, they may not even be so aware of what their boundaries are but they will tend to you know just be the yes people like the mm. please others drivers mm. They, you know they might find it difficult to say no to the requests of others so there's always that feeling that yeah, i need to please the other person and I do whatever people ask mm. And they do, but ultimately, you know, do they feel happy? And, you know, if, if you're one of these people, you know, there are times when we all know as well from positive psychology that uh, basically doing acts of kindness can make us feel good. Mm. But when we're continually all our life is just doing things because we feel we need to for other people. How does it make you feel? I mean, it, usually it makes you feel that, you know, you you don't have any personal space. You don't have any sense of valuing yourself. Mm. There's a lot of stress involved. Mm. It's that feeling of, you know, when is somebody going to do something for me?
1: Yeah, exactly. So you're, you can also get, of course, you open yourself up to exploitation. You might be more likely to maybe be in a relationship that has, that might be uh, more controlling, particularly if you're, in a relationship with somebody who has very rigid uh, boundaries and, and and is very clear about what they do or don't like, um, so you might get into this kind of dynamic uh, of a sort of slightly more abusive pattern where you do anything you do anything to please the other person, as you say, yeah. Um, so you are open, and also I think ultimately there is an underlying if your if your boundaries are very porous. There is an underlying lack of um, self-worth or self-esteem here, isn't there? A sense of um, that you... Maybe not a very strong sense of self uh, or a very weak uh, developed s- sense of self um, that you don't quite know who you are and what's okay and what's acceptable and what other people can do or can't do. Or there's this this belief that you're not worthy, really, of other people and you have to work really, really hard at being liked or being lovable
0: yeah absolutely and I, th- I think that's similar as well with rigid boundaries where there often isn't a real sense of self-worth or a sense of self but we put up these barriers because to protect ourselves but we still don't have that sense of self-worth which mm. is why we put up the boundaries but mm. in a different manifestation mm. <clears throat> yeah. but, but in yeah but in the poorest boundaries as well Like you said, which, you know, it may lead somebody being more open to being abused, Mm. more likely to be abused. Mm. Um, But it also could be a manifestation of abuse is that, you know, in gaslighting or in relationships where the other person is abusive, Mm. they start to make you question your own sense of what is right. So even if you had a sense of boundaries at the beginning, Mm. you know, in some abusive relationships... Uh, that may be where they start to kind of crumble a little bit. We we start to lose sense of even what our boundaries are at all. Mm. So even when we when have some of those boundaries initially, we can end up not knowing what feels right or wrong.
1: Mm, that's a really good point as well. Or there might, there might also be such a strong fear always of being um, let down or left by the partner, being rejected by the partner, being abandoned by the partner, that um, anything is being done to avoid this at all costs. Yeah. yeah. To always be compliant, to always um, offer everything that the partner wishes for. That's a, way, that's a way of ensuring that the partner stays.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's that fear of rejection if we don't do what's said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, in a way, that's similar to when we talked about rigid boundaries, like we talked about, is mm-hmm. that again, there's the fear of rejection. But the way we do it with a rigid boundary is we create those defences to avoid the possibility of rejection. Mm. Whereas here, somebody with porous boundaries will try to avoid rejection by going along and being compliant with what the other person says. Mm. Uh, and again, you know, this is very problematic because we tend to be very dependent on what other people think about us or say about us.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I'm thinking also... I'm also thinking about what would that look like in a, a relationship where you have a combination of two people who have no boundaries, so two partners who are very porous. So it's a bit chaotic, isn't it? There's a sort of there's a, so much insecurity in that system, um, where both kind of fall over each other to try to do to get it right for for the other, but also where there might be so much insecurity that there's no voicing of needs or wants ever. There's always just a lot of guessing and mind reading about what the other person might want.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes that can lead to people going, at, well, somebody in a relationship. And there's examples where I've, I've heard people talk about this, where, you know, some, one partner may go along with something the other partner thinks that they'd like to do. And they end up feeling quite shameful as a result of doing these things mm-hmm. um, because they haven't got their clear sense of their own boundaries and also want to please the other partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can lead; it can be quite problematic. Oh, very. Yes, yeah.
1: that takes me back to particularly working with with women. I'm, that's immediately what comes into my mind. Um, there's hardly any woman I've worked with who uh, feels who doesn't feel that somehow a, a boundary around a sexual boundary, for example, has been um, has been violated to some extent. That they might have agreed to some. Um, you know, sexual uh, encounters or sexual acts that they didn't actually feel that comfortable with, but they went along with it anyway because they didn't have that sense of, of um, self-esteem or self-worth yet to say no, I don't want this.
0: Yes, and sometimes there's even with children there can be that problem with setting boundaries because we feel that you know if we had an experience where our parenting, you know, our parents were very rigid and very kind of punishing if Mm -hmm. we didn't do things right and I know this from you know when I was younger as well Mm -hmm. you know a huge sense of punishment and you know you could be hit if you did something wrong and you know no kind of no mercy with like crossing boundaries Mm -hmm. and sometimes then the next generation goes the opposite way and think we shouldn't put any boundaries for our children we should let them be Mm -hmm. free to kind of express and do what they want That's that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be problematic too. It creates Mm. a counter because basically, you know, as children, it's about having the balance Mm. because if you don't have any boundaries, boundaries can create some sense of security. It's like we need to know some sort of sense of what's, you know, where, what's safe for us to do, what's okay. And that actually creates a sense of confidence.
1: And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, and
0: we've seen this with you know lots of different styles of uh, parenting and different you know from psychology and research mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know not putting any boundaries can actually lead to greater anxiety mm-hmm. with children. Yeah. Having too rigid boundaries will also produce a similar thing. So it's trying to get that balance right, mm-hmm. but knowing that actually some boundaries are useful. And it's the same in relationship, mm-hmm. having boundaries that you know essentially moving on to the last kind of category healthy boundaries mm-hmm. that can create more confidence and safety in relationship as well mm-hmm. and the same thing with in that relationship with children mm-hmm. you know it creates that sense of confidence when they're growing up
1: mm-hmm. yeah so healthy um, having healthy boundaries are is something that needs to be um, established um, well first of all I think the starting point as always is you yourself as an individual. Uh, having some clarity around where your boundaries are what feels comfortable to you and then of course is also a question of communicating these boundaries to your partner having discussion about it what is it that feels like a healthy boundary to you or what feels like a healthy boundary here in our relationship to also and have you know to clarify this with your partner because very often Lots of couples assume that their partner knows what uh, the boundary is, where the boundary is. So it's this I- this I- this idea of mind reading. But surely you know what's okay for me or what's not okay for me. Uh, whereas in fact, and we've talked about this many times before, you know, we you, you are two separate islands, so to speak. You come together, but ultimately you're two separate people with different uh upbringings different um socializations different ideas values belief systems etc so you will have to um cross that bridge with your partner you have to come together and become quite clear about what is it that we both think and feel and believe and what you know what is it that uh, what is it that i that feels right for me here as a boundary
0: Yes. And that, so that first stage is knowing yourself. So getting to know your own personal wants and needs, knowing what's important to you, knowing your own opinions. And I think, you know, there's, there's also a kind of uh, maybe a cutoff point as well, because it's not really boundaries in every single thing, because if, you know, if it becomes every single thing we do is sort of boundaries, it becomes a bit like, um, you know the character Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory where you know everything is a violation if it's not done exactly right mm. and that can be too you know about that becomes a rigid that's a rigidity it? yeah. um, so it's also having a sense of that and you know we in our hearts we know when something doesn't feel right mm. and it's about being able to express that in a way to our partner when something doesn't feel right knowing that it's okay to say you know when you did that I felt this and Communicating as and sometimes exploring it. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that being aware that, you know, some of these feelings are where things don't feel right, may well, they come from our past experience. Mm. And so I think maybe also having a sense of, to somebody else, would this be okay or not? Like to our friend, if their partner did this, would that be okay or not? Mm. And kind of evaluating it as well and thinking, know what's right for you but also getting a sense of is this maybe something within ourselves that maybe we need to look at as well
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's kind of knowing where your own line is where you have to say no or yes to um, a demand of your partner for example but it's also accepting that um, the no that your partner might uh, might express so if they say no i don't want this and it's also kind of accepting, learning to accept that there's a line here for your partner, which isn't always easy, is it? When when it's when it when it might be very contrary to your own idea about where the boundary is.
0: No, exactly. So we need to we need to be able to be able to accept when our partner says no, mm-hmm. and there are times when we need to kind of explore this through communication, get a sense of, you know, there are some areas where there may be compromise, but there are some areas where there may not be compromise. Mm-hmm. And I suppose also that sort of thinking, well, if I was to do this, what would the consequences be for me, Mm -hmm. maybe for other people? Mm -hmm. How might I feel? Would there be a sense of shame, for example? Would there be a sense of um, having been, in in some way, the boundaries violated? You know, what is most important? And getting a sense of where, you know, if where our boundaries may be too rigid, or too porous, and then that that kind of balance. Mm -hmm. So we get, those healthy boundaries.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a work in progress, isn't it? Um, this work on boundaries. Maybe, maybe it's not always immediately clear from the beginning. Um, you know where where the boundaries are. You might, you uh, you learn to explore this, so to speak. You learn to explore this on your own. You learn to explore this, of course, in relationship with others. Whether it's with a partner, romantic partner, with friends. At work, of course, you know, it's very important to know where the boundaries are. And sometimes you might be also in an environment where you feel your boundaries are constantly being violated. So you might want to ask yourself, is this the right place to stay in if there's a constant sense of discomfort?
0: Yes. And and I think sometimes that can be quite challenging between. Well, when we look at uh, someone who's more from an anxious attachment style and someone who's avoidant, you know, like. One person who's more avoidant, you know, it may be that if the other if their partner's texting them several times a day, that's that really is crossing a boundary. Mm. Whereas for the other person, it might be if a partner isn't texting them mm. five times a day, that doesn't show that they love them and it's you know, that's a boundary. So it can be quite complicated. Mm. And I think again, it's looking at at these things and trying to discover, you know, where are these things that maybe are uh, problematic way where we've got too rigid boundaries or boundaries are too porous and how do we find that that kind of thing that is healthy in between?
1: In fact I'm sort of as we're talking I'm thinking that's probably the issue that ultimately um, we always work with in couples therapy. I think ultimately the discussion is always about these boundaries and you know where there might be a violation of the boundaries or where there might be a lack of unclarity around boundaries, etc. So ultimately I think this is what couples mostly argue about. Because it's also this, um, it's always this distinction, isn't it, between um, self and other, between who who am I as an individual, what's really important to me, where is it that I cannot compromise, and who am I in relation to someone else, in contact with another person, in connection with another person, where I come together, where I might have to compromise at times as well, where I, you know, where I'm, I experience the togetherness. So I think this is sort of something that gets balanced all of the time.
0: Absolutely, I think one of the keys here that we talked about as well with the rigid and porous boundaries is when it comes to self worth, mm-hmm. and we could also say self esteem or self confidence. That, but the more we're able to build our own feeling of self worth. The more we are able to feel good within ourselves, the more the, well, the easier it is to have healthy boundaries mm-hmm. because we have less need to have these very rigid boundaries or kind of very porous boundaries. But we know what feels right. We know as well that, you know, these boundaries are essentially within ourselves. They're not the fences in the garden that are solid objects. Mm-hmm. These are different for different people.
1: Yeah, the internal. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And we can be aware of when these boundaries are set up as defense mechanisms mm-hmm. rather than as things that allow us to maintain that integrity of ourselves and that, that sense of self-worth.
1: Mm. Yeah, so how do we find out what our boundaries are? I mean, there's a, it, that, that's the million-dollar question here, right? So there's something about um, having an awareness yeah having an awareness of when of your own sense of what feels okay for you, what feels really important for you, what makes you feel comfortable uh in the world in relationship with other people
0: and one way that you might do that is by starting to journal mm-hmm. and just noting down during the day where does it feel that maybe somebody said or did something that didn't feel right to you mm-hmm. and and starting to kind of explore that over a period of time, what are those common threads? Mm-hmm. And maybe even start to explore and think within yourself, where did I learn this? Where did I Where did I get this sense that this wasn't right? Mm-hmm. And what does this mean to me if somebody does cross that boundary? Mm-hmm. Um, and getting a sense of where this is maybe a defence mechanism because of uh, low self-worth or whether it's really actually a, prote- a protection, where it's a healthy boundary to maintain our integrity and our own self-worth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of that journaling can also be to... To reflect on what makes you feel well. Um, what is it that contributes uh, to you in a relationship, for example, and I mean relationships in general, not just romantic relationships. What contributes to making to you making... Uh, to feeling well and comfortable in this relationship? What are the indicators in that relationship that things are going well for you? What does the other person do? Or what is it that they shouldn't do that makes you feel well? What is it that makes you feel comfortable
0: yes absolutely and then following from this it would be then about being able to communicate that in in a in a healthy way with your partner and have that discussion that open discussion mm-hmm. again in a caring compassionate way with each other
1: and in a clear way as well Right? Yeah. yes because in i a, think that's yeah. pro- that's part of the problem isn't it that often it doesn't get communicated or it gets communicated in this kind of passive aggressive way yeah. yeah that's what i was meaning it's mm-hmm. sort of
0: putting it across in a caring way and as the receiver yeah. listening accepting mm-hmm. and being kind of caring and empathic with the way that we receive that which can be quite difficult sometimes
1: mm-hmm. well choose your moment it's, yeah it's, it's always uh, these are always discussions to be had when when there isn't a major uh, conflict going on when there's a um a when there's a desire to really engage with each other, when there's, um, when both of you are calm and relaxed enough to really be able to receive each other and also to receive um, information or receive a completely different viewpoint.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationship, head over to the and please subscribe to this podcast so you can listen to every episode. Uh, and we look forward to speaking with you next week.
1: Take good care until then. Bye. Bye.